Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go, hour three on a great day for talk radio. We've got our panel coming by shortly with topics worthy of discussion. Of course, on a day like today, there's one that predominates, and that has to do with this whole thing surrounding SNC-Lavalin, Jerry Butt's testimony, same as the clerk of the Privy Council in the afternoon, and whether or not they did anything to improve the Liberals' lot in terms of public perception. Butts, at least as far as I could tell, was uh, trying to stand on this matter of a difference of interpretation. I see it resting mostly on credibility, his versus Jody Wilson-Raybould, and by extension, Jane Philpott. So we'll have to decide, and uh, we'll start on that note by asking our good friend Mark Stein to weigh in, international best-selling author and host of The Mark Stein Show. Mark, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh I'm doing great, John. Uh, I, I, I like this. I, I testified actually to the House of Commons Justice Committee uh, a few years ago with uh, with Ezra Levant, and uh, you you're aware that like ninety percent of the people tuning in on uh, TV to watch you don't like you, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you, you don't come across as a likable person. And it would be much better if they'd had on our particular issue, which was free speech. If they'd had uh, uh, David Suzuki and Margaret Atwood instead of Ezra Levant and me, it would have gone a lot better. Uh, And so when I saw the former attorney general, she's what everybody who is in litigation hates. Uh, The other side has got a great credible witness and she's a likable person who appears to be sincere and has a plausible narrative. And that's the, the one thing you don't actually want to be sitting across the courtroom from. Um, and I don't think Jerry Butts or the Privy Council guy uh, countered her today. And I thought it was very telling, actually, that uh, Mr. Butts did not testify under oath. Not sure what that was about. Hmm. You know, in terms of, uh, let's say, the progressive uh sentiment out there. It seems like they're losing some of that. There was an Ipsos poll that came out yesterday and said that 67% of Canadians now, uh, and most of whom are paying attention to the detail here, side with Jody Wilson-Raybould, as you cited, but he's even losing, I guess, the Prime Minister and the Liberal brand is taking a hit stateside. There was an op-ed piece in the New York Times, as I understand, on the weekend called the Trudeau Liberals even more corrupt than the Trump administration. Yeah, and I actually think that's a good point. I I was listening to the... uh a BBC a couple of days ago. That was my first mistake. <laughs> and uh, and the guy was, he was talking to Robert Fife from the, uh, my old National Post colleague, who I think is now at the uh, Globe and Mail. Right. And uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob was explaining what was going on to him. And the BBC guy was astonished. He was going, but this is one of the, a young, idealistic leader admired all over the world. And it, it was as if discovering that Peter Pan has a sexually transmitted disease. He just <laughs> couldn't, uh, he couldn't. And, and it's always, once that tarnish is on you, it's very hard. It's in, you, you said uh, more corrupt than the Trump administration. Essentially, uh, Justin Trudeau has done what Trump has been accused of doing. Ever since this Russia investigation began, Trump has been accused of wanting to fire uh, this or that person at the Department of Justice who's running the show. 
And uh, that's actually what Justin Trudeau did. He attempted to he attempted to lean on the Crown's prosecution of a criminal case for political reasons. And when the Attorney General uh, refused uh, to 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 uh, go along with him and lean on the Crown's prosecutors uh, and politicize the case, he fired her. Uh, that is something Trump has been accused of doing for years, but Justin's the one who actually uh, went ahead and did it, and it's uh, and that's extraordinary. The Justin, the you know, the nice, pretty twelve-year-old prime minister is actually more of a thug and a bruiser than Donald Trump in this area. Again, with Mark Stein, host of the Mark Stein Show. Now, on this matter, I guess with progressive sentiment uh, boiling over, because I mean. These are two high-profile women cabinet ministers, one who carry the indigenous banner. I mean, how does he recover from that? Is the brand so damaged it's the Humpty Dumpty scenario, all the king's horses, all the king's men can't really remediate this situation? Well, uh, the, the, the king's man, as it were, is Jerry Butts. And as he said, this is the longest he's gone without speaking to Justin in 30 years. I think that I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, there is some kind of a frat boy thing around Justin uh, he he purports to be all for the women and the identity groups, but it is interesting that I think in the end it's a kind of boys' club uh, that looks after it's it's it the whole vibe of the uh, Trudeau inner circle is like a kind of superannuated boys' band that has never quite grown up, uh, and I think that and I think some of these uh, lady cabinet ministers are beginning to figure it out. Also, I think people are beginning to actually see through the the codswallop. Uh, I mean, uh, Jerry Butts today was saying it's all about jobs. Actually, SNC-Lavalin is is a construction company, and those are the jobs you can't actually take overseas. You can't say we were going to build this bridge over the St. Lawrence River and we're going to outsource it to Yemen and build it there. You have to actually build that over the St. Lawrence River. So this idea that 9,000, the the threat that the uh, Privy Council guy made was that SNC-Lavalin was going to up sticks and move its headquarters to London, uh, the construction that's necessary, the roads and the bridges and all the rest of it, is still going to have to be built in Canada. They can't build that uh, on the roof at head office in London (laughs) and then put it on Air Canada and fly it back over here. So the jobs... The, the fact that, oh, we're, we're all concerned about jobs, we're all about the jobs. No, you're concerned about jobs and profits for your criminal cronies. That's the difference. So it doesn't depend on labor costs per unit so that you could conceivably build it somewhere and fly it in. <laughs> well, I'm not. I, I, uh, well, let me, I don't want to rule any, anything out. I, they have these 3D printers now, I think. I don't quite understand it, but I gather you can press a button on your fax machine and it uh, out pops a pepperoni pizza. I'm not up to speed on the technology. But as far, uh, as, far as I'm concerned, I don't think you could actually uh, uh, build a, uh, the, new, uh, the new Champlain Bridge in Montreal on a 3D printer yet. They may have the technology in a couple of days, but I, uh, a couple of years. I wouldn't want to be the first to drive over that bridge, though. Well, and there, there was the bribery, I think uh, 22 somewhat million dollars, and uh, the CEO is now being asked, the former CEO of uh, SNC-Lavalin, asked to pay it back with the whole McGill uh, 
health unit there, the new hospital. But right. the, the real question at the center of all of this is, I mean, and you talked about, you know, once the rot sets in, it's really hard to get the stench out. I guess it's like a rotting cadaver. Uh, the potential of toppling the Trudeau government, how do you assess it? Well, I think there's a difference. You know, in a way, Chrétien was the, the perfect uh, liberal prime minister of the last 30 years because uh, he came with such fantastically low expectations. He was a bruiser. He was an uh, 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 an operator. He was a Shawinigan ward healer. There's nothing he does. You can't say, oh, I was so starry-eyed about Jean Chrétien. And then when he said, uh, well, the proof is the proof. When you got the proof, that the good proof. Until you got the good <laughs> proof, that not the proof. Uh, I suddenly realized he's absolutely full of it, and I'm stunned. <laughs> the scales have fallen from my eyes. Uh, he, he saw that all that came baked in with him. When you have the boy child, the dauphin, uh, who's basically running on a kind of idealistic vision of what what we could be if only we weren't dirty and soiled and corrupt like all these politicians uh, i think it's very hard to have a dirty soiled and corrupt boy child uh, and that's going to be a hard you know we know justin is a buzz killer he single-handedly killed the sesquicentennial that was a, as we've talked about before that was a total wreck uh, the, the fact of the matter, when he when he actually rots out the heart of his own raison d'etre, there's not a lot of reason to keep him around. Again with Mark Stein. On another matter, I've got to ask, because I know you were uh, a free speech warrior, and uh, you were citing that and before the Justice Committee, uh, your time uh, before them years back. There was a story that uh, last night, I guess, at the University of Toronto's Mississauga campus, Norman Finkelstein uh, scheduled to speak. He was being invited by the Palestinian Students Association. He's considered to be, by some accounts, a virulently anti-Semitic, has uh, takes up with the folks in Hezbollah, sees them as freedom fighters and so on and so forth. Don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and well, on this matter, though, it really does become instrumental to the question of, uh, you know, Doug Ford wanting to withhold public funding from universities or colleges who fail to protect free speech. So uh, in your world, do you think it was appropriate to let him speak? Well, I think it's appropriate for uh, unpleasant people to be able to be permitted to speak in public. Uh, and that's why I get concerned when the right uh, comes out in favor of restricting speech rights, because once you, you entertain that, the right is always the biggest victim of it. In other words, you can get a guy like Finkelstein banned, uh, but in the end, what that'll mean is that all kinds of other people, uh, including myself, will be banned from speaking at colleges. One of the things I thought Jason Kenney, for example, was a rather admirable uh, chap when it came to running Canadian immigration. But I disagreed with him on actually banning George Galloway, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. big uh, pro-Saddam Hussein uh, lefty over in England, from, from setting foot in Canada. Um, I, I don't think that benefits the right. And I, that goes to people who have repulsive views. Like, uh, I regard Finkelstein's views as repulsive. But I'd much rather repulsive views were aired in public so we all know where we stand than that they're forced into dark corners. So I, I think the test for free speech is if you can have Finkelstein, uh, then you, you can also have all kinds of other people on the right uh, and uh, let, let the best man win. But I don't, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable with the idea of evaluating this or that speaker. I think you should just have the widest range of exposure to possible views. And, uh, and, and, and may the best man win. Lest you be hoist on your own petard. 
Yes, okay. indeed. indeed. <laughs> and we always are, and you know that, that uh, they're making a fuss about this guy, but you know what they've done to Ann Coulter and all kinds mm-hmm. of other people who've, uh, who, who've attempted to give speeches uh, in Canada. It's much better uh, that the right never benefits from these so-called speech controls. We should be free speech absolutists. In, on my side, because we believe we've got the best arguments, so if the debate is allowed to take place, then we'll win. There you go. Uh, and you've been allowed to speak, so uh, there you go. I hope you feel satisfied and satiated. <laughs> and we'll do it again real soon. Always no, I'm filing, a, I'm filing a hate speech complaint against you for allowing me on the air. I'm disgusted at having to listen to myself. Right. Well, uh, that's good. You might end up before the Justice Committee yet again. Uh, Mark Stein, international best-selling author, host of The Mark Stein Show. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.